care about the Cardinals. You don't care about the Cardinals. I don't care that Adam Wainwright will never get to 200 wins. You don't care that Adam Wainwright will never get to 200 wins. I do care that the Cardinals were really, really ticked off with the umpires, though, last night. Good morning to you. Good. Wednesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 6, Cardinals 3. I covered that one last night for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Andrew McCutcheon with a two-run homer. Just before that, Brian Reynolds with a two-run double. Johan Oviedo with five relatively clean and semi-encouraging innings, although he had to struggle through some deep counts. David Bednar getting the save. And, well, it was the other guys getting hosed at the plate. Now, I don't believe it affected the game, but I do believe that there's something in this that should serve as a lesson for the home team going into 2024. Stick with me on this. The home plate umpire, Brennan Miller, came equipped with a fatal flaw, I guess you could call it. When a hitter has a hole in their swing, that's a fatal flaw. Well, Miller had a fatal flaw in that he couldn't recognize pitches that were low and away to left-handed batters. I don't know why. Maybe he's looking over the wrong shoulder of the catcher. Maybe he just thinks that pitches that are down and away are strikes for whatever reason. But he was pretty consistent in calling this. Not that that makes it okay, but he was consistent. Well, Wilson Contreras in the eighth inning just erupted. And while he's been known to be an obnoxious hothead going back to his days with the Cubs, this was still something special. Wilson was initially confused, and I think he was mimicking the American League manager who recently flipped out on and up and was drawing lines of where he thought the pitch was and everything else. Then he realized that wasn't going anywhere because it was kind of dumb since... The pitch was low, wasn't outside, but the point stands. He'd been missing low and outside. Still, Wilson goes back to his original spot in the batter's box, holds his bat over his head with both hands, like what the Incredible Hulk would look like when he's getting ready to throw I don't know. Who's the Hulk's natural nemesis? Can we just take one of Spider-Man's? Like, Dr. Octopus, he's getting, he's holding Dr. Octopus up, and he's ready to throw him all the way out of the Marvel Universe. Only Wilson takes this bat up and slams it down to the ground. Leaves the area knowing that he's been ejected. He's going to get suspended, too. Comes back out of the dugout, claiming that he's looking for equipment, but he doesn't. It's a bluff so that he can go after the umpire again. Ollie Marmel, the manager of St. Louis, comes out as well. He's protecting his player. He gets tossed. The following inning, Jordan Walker, who was the number eight hitter for St. Louis on this night, came really close to have 
the same sort of reaction. He held back a little bit, but it wasn't enough to keep him from getting tossed out of the game. So the Cardinals had a hat trick in this regard. And here's my deal with this. If you're the Cardinals complaining about this in Pittsburgh, or you're the Pirates complaining about this in Minneapolis, and you're being adjudicated by a home plate umpire who has a consistent flaw, who has a consistent area in which he misses, that's largely, not entirely, but largely on you. This goes back, in baseball, a century and a half. This is not new. This is not something for which you need StatCast, PitchCom, or any advanced data or advanced video work of any kind. In the 1800s, they knew that if an ump was missing, they had to adjust. And some of these guys had just spent the entire morning and afternoon coal mining. Now, again, I don't care about the Cardinals. I don't care if they adjust. I don't care if they've been adjusting all season long. I do know that the Pirates haven't, by and large, and that the Pirates' general approach to hitting or walking or whatever the objective is, is predicated way, 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 way too much on a human umpire. When the robot umps come in, this variable, for the most part, is going to be lost. For the most part. For those of you who aren't familiar with how they're going to be doing that, in the minor league testing, it's not every pitch that's just automatically judged by a robot. There's an appeal process. A catcher or somebody who's assigned or authorized can raise their arm and call for a challenge, and there's X number of challenges in the game. So it's not true robot umps. It's not like you're going to have R2-D2 back there behind the catcher. But my thought here is that the Pirates spend way, way, way too much time trying to draw balls and trying to work walks. When you see what it looks like when they adopt a swinging approach. One of the players last night told me that, in fact, against Wainwright, knowing who he is and knowing he's going to stay in the zone, including with his slow stuff, and boy, was his stuff slow, they're going to go up there swinging, and they're going to mean it. And those are the kinds of hits that you saw from Reynolds, from Kutch, from Connor Joe. They let it fly, but only because the approach for that game had called for them to let it fly. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. 
Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from John, who says, Someday I wish someone has a man crush on me the way you have for Jack Sawinski, Dan. Every baseball player is who their stats say they are. Sawinski isn't good enough at this time to start. John, I'm going to share something with you that's going to surprise you a little bit. Because I never, ever, ever do this. But I had seen this question pop in while I was still in the press box at PNC Park. And as I went down into the clubhouse, I was conducting a regular round of interviews for a column that I wrote. And I saw Jack walking by and I said, Jack, I apparently got a man crush on you. And I told him about your question. I told him what my stance is on this, and we just had a good laugh about it. I'll leave the conversation that we had between us right there. I'm going to throw a couple of things back at you, John, besides that. Jack has 40 home runs and 662 major league at-bats. I mentioned yesterday that that basically makes you Willie Stargell, especially at that age. And I had somebody... Write to me. Ah, you mentioned Zawinski and Stargell in the same sentence because no one can ever handle the two names being in the same sentence without understanding what the context is. At least not everybody. The reference was purely to home runs. But when people get mad at a player, they're going to get really, really mad and they're going to stay really, really mad. And if Jack were to go on to have a really nice week ahead, that it looked like he's coming out of it a little bit. And by the way, I can share with you that he feels like there are signs that some of his work is beginning to pay off. We'll see if that's true or not. We'll see. He didn't play at all last night, so you got your wish. But I want to clarify here what my actual Sawinski stance is and why it is that way at this point in time. Jack has hit 40 home runs. In 662 at-bats. Have I mentioned that yet in this show? Yeah, okay, good. Jack had an 847 OPS going into the All-Star break, which wasn't that long ago, six weeks ago. 847 OPS heading into the All-Star break. That was one of the highest figures for any center fielder in all of Major League Baseball. It has been an atrocious awful. Come up with any word you want for it, John. And I guarantee you that even Jack will come up with one that's that much uglier for this stretch. I'm not soft-pedaling anything about his recent performance, and I'm not even suggesting in any way, shape, or form that he is, quote-unquote, how did you put it, deserving of starting but this team's going nowhere, my man. You know that. That's, that 
that concept that they were contending for something in 2023, when did that get blown up? Mid-May? Like, June at the very, very, very latest? You had to have gotten that memo. These games don't mean a thing. You can look at them from some sort of individual or even some collective positives along the way. I'll throw out a small one. Pirates are 16 and 15 over their last 31 games. It's one over 500. Nobody's going to be throwing a parade, but it's not the free fall that could have been reasonably anticipated. They're kind of proceeding with their heads above water a little bit to an extent. And while wins and losses might make you feel good by the end of the night because you sat there and you watched two and a half hours of baseball and you invested at least something in it in addition to time and you want to see them shaking hands and some fireworks going off in the background, the outcomes aren't anywhere near as relevant as now what the stuff is that happens within that game. Did Leo Verpaguero have a good game? How about Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis coming out of the slump? And as I wrote in the column from last night's game, which you can find at DK Pittsburgh Sports, the best players on the team, most experienced guys, have been terrific. And they matter too. But Jack going out there and suffering through an 0 for 4 or an 0 for 5 on his way to trying to straighten something out so that you can have a power bat in your lineup in 2024, I'm sorry, but that's way, 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 way more important than the outcome of any game when you've got a fourth-place team facing a fifth-place team. These games don't matter. Nobody ever likes hearing that, but they don't. I think there are circumstances in which management could have made them matter, but that ship has sailed. That ship doesn't even have any waves left after it. I appreciate the question, John, as did Jack Sawinski, and I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.